0: Welcome, everybody, to an episode of The Keepers of the Book. I'm your host, Maz, and joined here, as always, with my brother, Jordan. Ooh. And we are going over uh, Alloy's Law, Chapter 17, to the epilogue. We're finally done with the book. I'm so sorry that it took so long to get here. Uh, life has been one of those moments. Uh, for the <laughs> but, Absolutely. Um. Whereas life is temporary, books are forever. So
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: better car- I came up with that on the spot. You like that? Yeah. Better <laughs> carve
1: it. Better carve it into steel.
0: <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay. I like it. Um. So chapters. Okay. So I'll be honest. I'm going to jumble all these together, and I think this is going to become a common occurrence for. uh Um. Brandon Sanderson's books going forward, where, like, because they have such a big explosion of action, we just jumble it all together and not really go chapter by chapter so much. And we just kind of, like, summarize the entire section as a whole. Um, so, yeah. Chapter 17 through epilogue, essentially, is that... um wayne and mercy they they see the train stop and then you know there's a a machine gun i i i, I describe it as nothing more than a machine gun like
1: a rotary yeah. machine gun right yeah like, it was, yeah
0: i was like okay this is awesome so and then tarson is a pewter savant um i was hoping that we'd see more savants as time went on which mm-hmm. i'm glad uh so and then okay okay so I'm not very good with imagery and in fact I think I'm so bad there's actually a condition of it where I can't think of what things look like
1: so mm-hmm.
0: I'm going to rely on you on this Absolutely This was a mech right There was a mech that came out of the canal and picked up the train cart and then
1: No it was like it was like a barge like a trash barge with a crane arm That's the way okay. I saw it I okay. was like okay so so like there's the bridge and mm-hmm. they stop the train on the bridge and they pull under and they have a almost like a um yeah like a crane arm but it's mechanical and it picks it up and puts it on the barge. That's what I got from yeah, it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I knew it was like some arm thing but I thought it was like a mech. Like like a human and, mech. <laughs> yeah, because um in Legend of Korra there there's like a moment of that So I was like, really, like, for those listening, you guys know this, if you've been around long enough listening to this show, that I kind of get swept up in my, like, you know, preconceived biases, and then I just start seeing things more and more.
1: Um,
0: But yeah, yeah. miles uh he knows that wax is in the train car so you like tell everyone get ready and as soon right. as i open the door it's like rigged with dynamite and this is where everything just essentially explodes from here on out it's just explosion and wax yep. jumps out and he's like shooting everyone like speed bubbles everywhere yeah um i i have it in my notes wax flies around shooting fools.
1: Um, <laughs> that was awesome
0: and okay um so me and Jordan here were talking about this a little bit, like just before recording. Um, if you think that I'm not enjoying the action moments in these books, you're kind of right. I I don't. I did at first, and I I, I would say that they're still well written, but I think me individually, I think I'm kind of annoyed at this point mm-hmm. with action scenes. Yeah, when it comes to writing, I like, and it's mostly because for most actions, uh, or most books that we're reading so far, there's not a lot of tension in the sense of main character dying, right? So, I know that the main character is just going to come on the top. So, I kind of just want to skip to the part where all the minions are dead and we have the showdown between the main protagonist and the antagonist, right? Um,
1: and that's and that's and you know that's another thing i mean i like to read so i like i've obviously read a lot of the book and i've also listened to a lot of it through audio and in all honesty in audio it is awesome just because when they the person speaking they can put some emphasis on like when wax shot a bullet he pushed and it 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 gives that sense of like, okay, he really pushed that bullet, like he flared his steel yeah, and, and pushed and then, the bullet out. And that gives me a better mental image of that. And it I think it's cool. Like it gives me goosebumps talking about it almost.
0: I agree. Um I think it's uh in when it comes to audiobooks, I think that's where audiobooks for me as well, it really takes off because I have um, the graphic audios, which I bring up all the time, <laughs> um, <laughs> and in the graphic audios, like they're even better, right? Because they use um, audio cues and you know sound effects for like mm-hmm. bangs and thunder, crack and door shuts and crowds and rain and whatnot. Right. So it really adds to the uh, the atmosphere. Um, so, in situations like that, yes, the action scenes are very exciting. Um, but um, when I'm reading it, like, you know, reading the words, like on the physical page and whatnot, mm-hmm. or even ebook, it's just, it doesn't get that same feel right. for me. So,
1: and, you know, I understand, I completely understand too, because, like, in all honesty, like, my. I'm very. I have a very imaginative mind. Imaginative mind. I guess that's how you say it. You know, I can. When you give me at least a, like, if you give me two sentences and they're fairly descriptive, I can put that whole scene together in my head in a box. You know those dioramas we did when we were in like middle school or high school or whatever. Well, that's what I do. I, I box everything in. I, you know. I think that's why I can still read it and still enjoy a lot of those action scenes.
0: Um, I mean I, for me I think my mind kind of just gets jaded so like it's yeah. you know so but yeah I'm glad that you're here to fill in the gaps for me um, vice versa yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> you know Wax is flying around shooting everyone and they continue fighting and Wax actually talks to Seyzed uh, who oh, gives yeah. him a box of guns and a mist coat, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, and, we were just
1: we were just thinking the same thing. In honesty, I was just like, I hope I hope Maz mentions this, so we're on the same page. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't know. Like, okay, so again, I'm going to bring up Legend of Korra a lot because I see a lot of similarities between you know Avatar: Last Airbender to Legend of Korra as it is Mistborn: Era One to Era Two. Mm-hmm. Um, so the my opinion the biggest um shortcomings of legend of korra was the lack of fan service and i know a lot of shows they'll have too much fan servers and in my opinion legend of korra did not have nearly enough fan servers um mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. this i think uh this one era two so far is striking the perfect balance the fan service here is freaking awesome um so, one thing that Jordan just brought up is, uh, before we start recording, was that uh, Breeze from Era One, his last name was Ladrian. Yep. So, our good boy, Waxillium, is um, great, you know, d- uh, descendant of, the, uh, of Breeze. Great grandpappy. <laughs> um,
1: well, you know, and again, like, do we really know that? Because Breeze passes away
0: yeah but i mean i'm assuming that i'm just going like in my head canon breeze had kids and then he is okay born through our boy wax here right so i guess
1: i guess he still had a family line regardless i guess his family members survived okay okay that's cool
0: so and then you know with this whole interaction between wax and say zed like could you imagine right that Right. Wax right. is a descendant of Breeze and C knows that and he's to him he's just helping the descendant of one of his close friends.
1: It is so crazy.
0: Like that's just I love that. You know, like that makes me giddy like a little child. Um and I know that this like I'm not again, I'm not claiming this is some otherworldly writing or this has never been done before. No, it's not. Here's the thing with Sanderson and a lot of these other authors that I really enjoy, they don't need to revolutionize Books, right. right, right. Um.
1: Oh, by the way, Breeze does not die at the end. I'm sorry.
0: Oh no, yeah. Okay. Oh oh, that's what you meant. No no no. Yeah, he does not. Breeze die. Did. Yeah. He he die. Um, like for example, majority of the video games I play, they're not revolutionary. Right. They just executed really well. Um. So, yeah, Sanderson's writing here. This fan service that I'm getting, it and it doesn't really cost much to add to the story. Right. The wax is a descendant of Breeze and right. is being helped by Cezed, who right. is a friend of Breeze. Like, I love that. It's just...
1: That's beautiful.
0: Yeah. Um. So, Mar- anyways, Marcy is caught by Miles, um, who's using her as bait to kind of coax out Wax and Wayne, and then Wax arrives to save her. And then the mm-hmm. fighting continues, and Wax finds Starris uh, and the gunsmith... N- Okay, I don't know how to pronounce this. Noxil?
1: Noxa. Yeah, I'd go with that. Okay. I can't really
0: Yeah. And so, anyways, he gets her free and however Mary's still a hostage to Miles, and you know, through her, he does get um wax to come out. Right. And so there's really not a good way to save him. I think Mercy's being held hostage at gunpoint through Tarson and Mm -hmm. okay so this okay we need to talk about the physics of this and i was thinking about this i'm like this is brilliant um when you throw and when a projectile leaves a speed bubble the trajectory changes completely right and at first i was like that seems a little convenient but then i realized no if you really think about it if the the front head of the projectile that's leaving the speed bubble that's entering normal time right right so the velocity of which it's traveling half of the the i guess the body of the object that is traveling is at normal speed right the other half is at like slowed down speed or sped up or whatever however it is you want to say it and so that
1: pushing in opposite directions yeah
0: yeah, pushing like pushing pulling and all that stuff and you know bullets especially they're not just going straight, right? The actual bullet itself is spinning in the air to maintain accuracy and whatnot. Even if they were not, you know, even if they were like the round bullets, right? Where they were literally just like balls, like, like small little cannonballs, even those are still spinning in the air. So when you have something like that, the, it, it makes sense that the outcome is a completely different trajectory. So he pretty much goes wanted on him. Shoots the bullets out of wax or Wayne's uh, speed bubble and hits Tarson in the head. And was but,
1: that what, would you consider that luck or was he finessing? I don't know.
0: That has to be luck. I think it's one of those things that like he had to do fifty-fifty. He's apparently like the greatest like gunsman or whatever gunslinger, I guess, is what they've. Made wax out to be that
1: I guess he does have steel pushes, so I guess it could try to, yeah, he,
0: he, yeah, but you know, it's a bullet, right? Like, right, it's going so fast that maybe he could pull on it and whatnot, but I don't know, I don't know. Um, maybe he says that helped. What do I know? Uh, right, right, exactly. Um, so the wax so uh Wayne is gone right um he actually went to go get help with a bunch of constables and the way they were um going to trick miles was uh what's her face is mercy's reverse speed bubble so yeah, time burning cadmium yes time within that speed bubble goes faster I don't. basically the time outside of the speed bubble is going Normal speed and everything inside the speed bubble is going it's slow. slowing so, down. Yeah, um, I'm not good with defining time,
1: <laughs> time space want, continuums. Yeah.
0: So essentially, and if you any of you guys remember, there was a lot of conversation between, I believe, Wayne and Mercy, where Mercy said that her powers were basically useless. Right, not, and, and they kind of are, but in these niche situations they come in very handy so right they, they bought they were able to um get wayne enough time that he could go and get the constables while they kept miles talking and now we have you surrounded so that was the end of that now he's arrested so and then you know a couple of days pass and whatnot and and this is going to go by really quick it sounds very sloppy and i'm sorry because it is um Mercy Tries to come on to Wax saying, like, you know, ah, professing her love. And then he basically gives her the friend zone treatment, essentially. Um, then I mean, not a friend zone, more like an age barrier treatment, yeah,
1: which kind of um, sucks. I mean, yeah, whatever. Oh, well, through the love story,
0: yeah. And then, uh, so and at the end of that, um, Wax. Gets the Batman pass from Captain Britain.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs>
0: He's did just they... like, and, and I love the way that they explained it, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. just like a simple happy go lucky. It's like, Oh, you know, you did a great service to the city here, have an honorary police badge. They were just like, there's so much embarrassment that you right. solve this case that, you know, we don't want this embarrassment. So we're just going to say that we deputized you and that you were working on the behalf of the police. So, it was, it was a political thing. Right. Um,
1: it was completely political.
0: I have a feeling things are going to get really bad, and he's going to actually lose that badge. You think? I have a feeling. Um, that seems like a more of a TV show thing to happen, right?
1: I feel like he's going to take it over.
0: You think he becomes like the head police chief
1: of everything, I guess.
0: Nice emperor the successor to emperor ellen venture oh gosh <laughs> and so okay the epilogue here
1: oh, oh this sounds awesome about.
0: okay so mr suit is wax's uncle not even joking part of me kind of called it i had said from the very beginning that i said i don't think and i don't know if i actually said it on the podcast which now i understand that makes it sound oh funny story but no i'm being serious. Um. I had said that Wax's uncle is not dead. Um,
1: it's just,
0: it's... It, it just seemed like an obvious kind of scenario. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. It's like, oh, he died of mysterious consequences. Oh, yeah, always. just right? BS. And then there's this mysterious hooded figure who's a villain. It's like, okay, I wonder who that is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Mr. Suit is Wax's uncle, and he does reassure him that his sister is safe.
1: But uh, he's not telling him about his plans for the women. Yes. And I already know. I- I'm telling you, I have a prediction.
0: Okay, what is it?
1: He figured out how to replicate hemolurgy, and he's trying to make full Mistborn again.
0: You can but make ex- Mistborn through hemolurgic spikes?
1: Yeah, think about it. Um,
0: I mean, wouldn't they just be Inquisitors then, and they're not really...
1: But they're still Mistborn.
0: Are they? Uh, okay.
1: But they still have all the powers of a misborn. So he, maybe yeah, he's, yeah, he's trying so. to recreate the process with inquisitors, but he has the control now. Since there's pharaoh kimmy involved, maybe he's trying to breed twinborns. But who knows? Like that's my, I know what I have. I, I mean, it has to be. Why else would you kidnap women that most likely have alimentic powers? I thought he was just
0: trying to breed um you know.
1: Why well, maybe, but why breed why breed just twin just when they had the one ferrochemical and one misborn power? Like what if he's trying to recreate the process of making a misborn?
0: Interesting. Okay. Okay. Well, we have you locked in. You can't change it. That's fine. <laughs> so, Elle, one more thing, actually. This is probably the biggest one. Yeah. Marcy gets a book from Big Old Marsh. D-shirt Iron and, Eyes. Uh, yeah, to give to Wax. What do you think is on that book? Or in that book?
1: I don't know, but is helping out here because is Harmony, and Sace could talk to... Marsh.
0: Yes, he can. Yes, he can. I am. Could you imagine Marsh and Caesar just having a conversation?
1: No, Caesar's probably mad at Marsh. Actually, no, Caesar. Caesar knows not better not to be.
0: Exactly. Oh my god, I, I want a side like novel of just their conversations That'd be cool.
1: <laughs> just, just every chapter is a different conversation that they've had through the three hundred years that we've skipped. Yes. Which All makes Marsh time. how old? Like, 340?
0: He was at least 30 years old and during Mistborn, right? So, yes. yeah. I, I, He's
1: gotta be. That's nuts. And I can start the next book. Oh, I'm so excited. I can only read a few chapters at a time. Sorry. I'll read them tonight.
0: Okay. Um. So, that'll be it from that episode. Next time, we'll be covering... The second book in the Mistborn Era 2 trilogy. Well, I guess it's not really a trilogy. The fourth book's coming out eventually. Um, Oh, yeah. And we'll be covering just prologue to chapter three for now. So until next time. Thank you, everyone.
1: See ya.